You're listening to 90% Mental, Conversations with Grant Parr, Episode 131. Mental performance coach Grant Parr sits down with Jake Thompson, who is the chief encouragement officer of Compete Every Day, a keynote speaker and author, to talk about how he tapped into his mental toughness to create his company, Compete Every Day. In his pursuit of greatness, he believes the two main factors that put him on the road to success were controlling the controllables and identifying the right accountability partner. Jake will inspire you and leave you wanting to compete for something bigger. What would more wins, higher productivity, or quicker recovery mean for you? NeuroPeak Pro optimizes human performance by working to promote balance within the autonomic nervous system. Used by the world's elite athletes, this training program is now available to you at home. Cutting-edge neuroscience and technology allows you to strengthen your brain remotely anytime, anywhere. Schedule your evaluation and get started with your brain training today. Visit NeuroPeak Pro and receive a 10% discount by using the promo code GRANTPAR. interested in a full body resistance training system to achieve your athletic and fitness goals, the Mass Suit from Juke Performance is your answer. The Mass Suit is a full body resistance training suit that you wear during your exercising or sports specific training to enhance your speed, strength, power, agility, and endurance. You are fully mobile and it's great for plyometric and high intensity training. It engages all muscle groups simultaneously and increases to a 50% caloric burn. Check out the mass suit at jukeperformance.com and other fitness-related products and make sure to use the promo code GRANTPAR, one word, G-R-A-N-T-P-A-R-R, for your 10% discount. Hey, Jake, how are you? I'm great, Grant. Thanks for having me today. Awesome, man. Well, I'm really excited uh, to have you on my show, um, and I want to thank you up front for having me on your show last week. That was a blast, and and I, I just can't wait to kind of dive into your mind a little bit and your mindset just about leadership and, and what you're doing as far as affecting people with leadership training. Um, talk about your book. Talk about some of the things that you do with people. So I'm really, really excited to have you on the show. Awesome, man. I, I'm excited to be here. Our conversation lit a fire on me, and I know uh, my listeners got a ton out of hearing just your not only inspirational journey, but just the actionable takeaways you provided them that they can start using, which you don't always have on podcasts. As you know, you, you want your guests to have something they can apply, and, and you were great about that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to today's conversation and having some fun. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for that. You know, before we get into just, um, you know, your your way of teaching and, and uh, affecting young leaders, uh, let's talk about mental toughness, which is something that um, I love talking about. I know that you've gone through multiple things throughout your life as an entrepreneur and as an athlete um, when it comes to mental toughness. So when you think about being mentally tough, what does that mean to you? Yeah, for me, it's the ability to control your focus and your mo- your emotions in the midst of stress, whether that's outside stresses and chaos, whether you're dealing with racing thoughts and anxieties. I think it's the ability to still maintain control um, of those controllables 
Um, and I think that's what makes mentally tough people stand out is they don't succumb to those emotions in the moment sometimes. They don't succumb to the distractions of things outside their control. They, they still remain focused on what's within their control and, and are able to weather and move forward in a lot of those storms. Absolutely. You know, and I, and I think about, you know, you said it a few times, focus. Um, when you think about performing anything, for me at least, the core of it is focus. Once you don't have focus, well, you're out of focus. So how, how can you be mentally tough if you're out of focus? So I, I love it how you talked about, um, you know, your emotions, aligning your emotions with your focus that allows you to be mentally tough. Now, when you think about your whole career as an entrepreneur and even when you um, competed in athletics, can you share a specific time where you had to be mentally tough? Yeah, I think, I mean, as we know, business is a sport in and of itself. Uh, <laughs> and so I, there were a handful uh, of times where I needed to be, from a sports standpoint, needed to be mentally tough and maybe wasn't as prepared. Uh, you think about, you know, when you're thrown into the starting lineup for the first time when an injury goes down to an upperclassman, um, you're not quite ready to handle some of those emotions and, and control that because you haven't prepared for that as well. Uh, the beauty of, of what I would say is when I was able to practice that mental toughness is the things I learned from sports, having those bad experiences, as well as learning how to overcome them in a sports standpoint, taught me the essential, I would say, breathing, uh, self-talk, things like that, that I needed from a business standpoint. And for me, it was the idea of flashing back to 2013, uh, early on in my career, I was two and a half, three years into the business. Uh, I'd made some large investments for our company to grow, and those investments didn't work out. Uh, didn't work out remotely close to what we thought they were going to. And I remember driving out of California, uh, Louis, uh, Los Angeles, one on Sunday night. Uh, I was headed toward Las Vegas. And, and as you can imagine, anyone driving from L.A. to Vegas, you're usually going out there on a Thursday or Friday, and, and it's, you're, everybody's coming back Sunday. So I'm seeing headlight after headlight coming my way through the desert and nothing on my side of the road headed east. And I remember going through that negative internal tailspin that we all start to get in sometimes and catching myself of maybe I'm not the person to build this business. Maybe I'm not the person to bring this message. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not. And I stopped and I started refocusing my thoughts. I just kind of pulled over, took a deep breath, had to kind of catch myself and check myself in that moment. And I went back to a conversation I'd had with a friend a few years earlier about the core tenet, the core message of, of competing every day. And, and he reminded me in almost a humorous way to him that I was my own worst accountability partner at that point because I'd created this message and, and I'd, I'd built a business around this idea that you show up and compete no matter what. If you're down 100 points or you're up 100 points, you're still competing as hard as you can. And he said, man, your business can change and what it looks like, but you're stuck with this because whether one person a hundred, a hundred thousand people have bought into the message. Someone else has bought into this idea as well. And if you quit, if you give up, if you allow yourself to mentally walk away, you're telling those other people it's a lie. Mm. And, and you don't think about that from an accountability standpoint, but that conversation kept popping again in my head. And it's really all I needed was that conversation to recenter and say, you know what? I am the person to do this. Maybe the way I have done it until now is not the way that needs to be done. So how can I get better? 
but how can I focus on what's within my control? The past, the mess up, the bad investments didn't work out. What are we going to do next? And that's the one thing I always go back to is, is not only is, is mental toughness something we need in order to succeed, but accountability and the people we surround ourselves with are so crucial in influencing that mental toughness because they're the ones that not only invest and encourage and pour into us, but they challenge us if they ever start to see it falter and they help us continue to build it. You know what I love about that story, which is powerful, is you you got you empowered yourself in the moment, even though you're going through all these negative thoughts and you spoke to them. You were you 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 got sick of listening to it, right? And that's what happens, I think, a lot of us is we we become in the effect of our thoughts and we start to listen and we give them power. Well, we gotta give ourselves power and start talking to it. And and what I love about your friend bringing it up, bringing up to you about you have a company called Compete Every Day. You've got to live that. And for me, as a mental performance coach, I have to be my work. I mean, I, I feel that if I'm going to teach athletes and corporate athletes how to be more present and play present and to meditate and breathe and, you know, access their mantras, all these mental skills out there, if I'm not doing it, man, I'm not showing up. That's not, to me, it feels like it's not fair. Um, but I love this work anyways, uh, so I, I love doing it, but I feel that's kind of my duty. If I'm going to teach you, then I got to be doing this stuff too, and just like you. If you're going to tell people to compete every day and show up, well, then I got to do that as well. Well, and I love what you just said there that I think a lot of times we miss because I know your audience, they are high achievers in sports and business and life. They are pursuing more and pursuing their best, and I think a lot of times us as high achievers forget the importance of taking care of ourselves, filling our cup Mm. so that we can show up and do that for others. Like if we're not investing in ourselves and our mindset and our, not only in the rest side, but in the growth and learning, how are we supposed to show up for those clients, for those teammates, for those people and give them our best? I mean, a lot of times it's like a a player on your team that's not really committed to the off season training. They can't show up on game day and, and give their best for your team. Your teammates can't trust them because they haven't done the work and poured into themselves to make themselves better. And it's the same with life, unless we're taking care of ourselves and from a mental, physical rest and growth standpoint, we can't show up for those people. So I love hearing you say that. Cause I think we just missed that a lot of times as high achievers. Cause we're just go, go, go. Right. And we've got to remember sometimes we've got to grow too big time 100 percent, and i want to this whole idea of competing every day now i'm, I'm going to push pause on that because there's i love it i've you've done such an incredible job of building a company around it and uh, a brand around it but before we get into into that i want to talk a little bit about just your journey that led you up led you to be a motivational speaker uh, be a leadership trainer or consultant. Like, what what was life before being all of this, and and what led you to this profession? Yeah, you know, for me, I've always had the competitive bug. Like you, I mean, playing sports early in life, throughout life. I was a smaller kid in East Texas. I think we laughed, you know, early on having gone to high school with with the McCallans and the McCallan brothers. Sports for me was, was my outlet, and I fell in love with it. And, and being a smaller guy, competition was the only way I could get myself on the field. I had to prove that I could outwork you and I could outsmart you. And, and that's really where that drive came from. And 
you know, I finished high school, had plans to play in college, got hurt the summer before college. We know what that goes like from a mental standpoint when, when sports ends much faster than you're ready for it to. And I lost a lot of that competitive outlet and drive. And I kind of struggled. I had pursued what I thought was a dream career that didn't end up being 2008. I'm kind of launching out on my own with a consulting business. And I'm really just still building successful company, but I'm not happy. There's no purpose. There's nothing to it. And I started tinkering with this idea of pursuing greatness in life. What would it look like if I chose to not settle anymore? If I just decided I didn't want to be a passerby anymore, kind of on the sidelines, cash and checks, getting toys, but I wanted to do something that could create an impact and a legacy that was worth leaving. And I was toying with these ideas and on a ski trip with two buddies, I threw out the idea. I said, you guys kind of know what I've been talking about, about this pursuing excellence, greatness. What do you think about the idea of competing every day? What do you think about like, if you were to compete against your old previous best, what would that look like? And they were like, that fits you to a T. Like, you're the most competitive person we know. Like, figure it out. And so I had this idea. I sketched this kind of CED symbol. And then I was like, let's figure something out. And, and I spent really six to eight months trying projects that I, I call trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. And nothing would fit with how I was trying to use this message. But the message was there. Every time I'd tell people about it, I'd get a different response. Well, I'm, I'm competing to hit these career goals and, and this person's competing for their family or for their kids' future so they have a better future than they had. And all these people had different stories. And so eventually my best friend recommended I look at apparel and, and a t-shirt company out of Boston called Life is Good. That's a global brand with kind of, they're built on the idea of the power of optimism. It's a little stick figure guy. And I said, why not? Let's try t-shirts. And so I printed a few boxes of t-shirts and tank tops started selling them out of the trunk of my car behind a gym in Dallas, Texas. Uh, list Anybody that would give me the time of day, I'd talk to them about this message. I'd talk to them about the messages on the shirt and started building that. At the same time, I was obsessed with personal development, leadership development. Uh, how can I use this message to encourage people to be better leaders in their homes and in their offices? What are the little things, if it's not talent, but effort and choices, what are the little things that we can encourage people to do, we can teach them to do that can make big differences? And so I started studying that. And, and over the course of building a business, as it really started to grow, companies and organizations would start reaching out to me and say, hey, would you come teach our team what it means to compete? Would you come talk to our, our sales team or our HR team about what it means to be a competitor? And after you know a few years of just casually doing that, I really started to look at it as a new avenue to fulfill the mission of helping people be competitors in life. And so uh, in 2017, started working with a really good performance group out of the Northeast. I worked with another training group in uh, Tennessee area on building out kind of the speaking business. And then just jumped in with two feet, said, how many stages can we get on and get our reps in and teach and learn? Um, looking at it as, you know, practices and, and working your way up, back up like you would in sports, up the depth chart. Uh, and so that's kind of the, the short abridged version of how I started from sports to not having a clue to T-shirts to now really having the opportunity to speak to companies all over the country. Uh, my book is, is sold now. Fortunately, we've got uh, four or five different countries it's sold in now. 
Um, and so it's, it's continuing to grow and, and develop that of, of people, you know, that you, the same kind of people that you love and pour into and get to work with, like they just have a passion to show up and compete and, and push that limit every day to see what, what is my true potential and how can I reach it? You know, there's me being the athlete and competitor that I am. I, I remember the first time actually you reached out to me over social media and, and that's when I, I saw your brand for the first time. And I saw all these beautiful ways that you were branding this, this phrase compete every day. And there's a coach that I coached with, uh, I think it's Patrick Walsh. Um, he's in, man, he's just an incredible coach. And he actually coaches at the, uh, the high school where Tom Brady played. Um, and he's been there for over 20 something years and he's just an incredible coach. But, you know, when we talk about being connected to our craft, especially when we play, you know, the game of football, which you and I played, you know, we, we never want to get away from the whole sense of like why we play the game of football is to have fun. That's, that's why we, we do it. We have fun. However, what he always brings up is that, yeah, it's fun, but we compete. That is why we play football. When we step on that field, yes, it's fun, but we got to compete. And I remember one day he said something and it, and it brought to life when I first saw your, your phrase together, compete every day. He said, you know what? You don't have to compete, but you get to. And when you realize that you get to compete and you get to put everything out on the line, every practice, every game, if you do that and you commit to yourself and you honor that, then guess what? You've earned the right to recover so you can come back and compete even more. And I was like, whoa. Oh, well, that's pretty. I like that. Well, that's pretty cool. So he fosters that. Like he looks at it the whole. He also was, you know, groomed in a program, De La Salle football, where it was all about effort. So, you know, effort, competing, it goes hand in hand. But for some reason, like, you know, I I had this new found love for, for competition when I started to coach with him. But the more that I was seeing your messages, about competing every day, it kind of, it just, it brought it to life and it brought back that moment where, where he was talking to me and also the team about the importance of competing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I've got a a really good friend who I had the chance to play for his dad in high school um, for a year and he was my track coach and and Blake was years younger. Uh, Blake went on to play at the university of Texas. He had a few, um, tryouts practice squads in the NFL before injuries kind of derailed him having that shot. Now he's a coach and he just started at Ole Miss this year with Lane Kiffin and his staff. But last year I went to go see him down in Houston at the university of Houston with Dana Holgerson and Blake and I are walking the campus and looking their facility. And we're talking about how he's doing off season because he was special teams coordinator. And he talked about how he has his guys and he does a draft with them. He picks out captains. They do a draft, like a fantasy draft with their team. And then they earn points for schoolwork, practice, effort, showing up on time, all of those. And he said, man, he said, I love it because we'll, we'll then do like trades and, and you'll get to pick. And he said, you start seeing allegiances and you see guys who are best friends with guys off the field, but they won't draft them. And he said, I get to have those conversations of like, if you won't put this guy on your team to compete with you, like, What's going on off the field? Like, why are y'all such good friends? And he said, but the level of competition in that, he said, it just pushes us to be better. He said, we need that as individuals. We need that as humans. Like we, we avoid it a lot of times, but what we do is we need it. We, when those days we get to have it, 
it pushes us out of our comfort zone and it pushes us to be better and to be greater. And don't we all at the end of the day, even though it's uncomfortable and, and sometimes it's not fun, don't we want to be better to show up better and, and to do better in life? And, and I just like, it reminds me about what your, your coach said of like, we get to, we get to take on opportunities that make us better. And man, what a, what a special opportunity that is. Yeah. It's, it's cool that I've, to be honest with you, when I started to redo myself or reignite or re-engineer Grant about six years ago, when I, when I got to that point of that phrase of, I get to, I don't know what it was, man. It was a shift in my life that anything like, cause I don't have to do anything. Like I really don't. But, but when I get to do something, when I get to speak in front of 200 people and you think that I'm going to get nervous, no, I'm not nervous. I'm excited because I get to. And they want to hear me, and, and I'm full with joy. And, and so that whole I get to, it's just a, it's been a really cool shift for me. Um, and, and when you think about the jobs that we do, we get to be in service. We get to lead. We get to impact. So when you think about your job as, as a leadership trainer or consultant, what do you think is the most re- rewarding part of your job? And can you share a success story where somebody came up to you either after a training or later and just said, you know what, Jake, you know, what you did, like completely just changed my life or it changed the way that I actually operate? Yeah. So I think the thing I enjoy the most is for so long with the apparel and with my blog, you would be able to encourage people with different messages. Like you, you can see, oh, I love this. I feel good about this. Like I, apparel is the one thing, like t-shirts are the one thing I, I love. And I, and I talked for years about getting away from it, but I don't think we will is because you have one and I have one and everybody listening has like some go-to item when they're getting ready for a big moment, interview, date, special event, like that's the go-to, whether it's a watch shirt, dress, shoes, like we have something that we go to because we feel powerful wearing it. Like, I don't know about you on the speaking side, but like, I've got a couple of pairs of sneakers that I know, like when I put those on, it's game day. It's like putting cleats and getting yep. on the field. Like we have those items and it's not like the shoes give me any special power, but they remind me of what I'm capable of. And for a lot of people, we put these items on to feel confident, to feel powerful. But really what it does is just reveal what's already in there. And so with our shirts and messages, like I could see little pieces of it and see little bits. But once I started speaking and I could really dive into how some of these things work and debunk like these overnight success stories, outliers and say, you know, it's the choices and here's what you can do on a daily basis. And what if you looked at the world this way. And what if you realized it doesn't matter if you're going back to school at the age of 40 or you're starting a new career at 50, why not? Why not leave it on the table? And, and when you see that and you see the light start to go on people's eyes and click and something, they grasp it. Just like I would imagine for you, like that is the most rewarding because my job on stage is not to draw attention to me. It's not to draw attention to compete. It's to be in service of those people in the audience and to help them. And not everybody in that audience is going to click with that message. But man, if at least one does, that's a win. Because if I can help one person change their trajectory, that's it. And, and the stuff I go back to 
honestly, some of the most memorable ones have been emails I've gotten after the event. And it's usually the conversations people don't want to have in person mm. because a lot of times it's more of the, the deep stuff of like, Hey, one of them was, I've just mentally been in a struggle of feeling like I can't do it all. And when I got that, the email was essentially like, I haven't done anything for the last year because I've bought into the idea I can't do everything. And I, I wanted to cry hearing you talk on stage about just focus on this today. Just win this one thing today. Just do, don't worry about everything you have to do. Because what happens is we stay in neutral and we stay at the starting line for our entire lives if we think about everything we have to do. And then we watch people that are just like, well, I can do this one step today, so I'm going to take this one step. And then they take the next one. And I think that one was the most powerful because the biggest fear for me, the biggest driver for my work is to making sure that we don't get to the end of our lives and anybody I have a chance to interact with doesn't get to the end of their career or the end of their life and ask, what if I just taken action? What if I just done my best? Because that terrifies me because at that point, the time on the scoreboard, the clock has run out and you have no more plays left in life. Mm-hmm. Like you have no more opportunities to change it. And so that's what drives me. So anytime I get a chance to hear that, I get that email after an event like this past year, that encourages me. And I love every conversation after every event. I'll preface that having those talks. But the ones where I can see like, they now realize they can change their trajectory. They can take over their life story. Man, those are the ones that fire me up and and I save them in a folder. Uh, My wife told me this years ago and and I'd done it sporadically, but then committed to it. She's like, you need a folder of those because as an entrepreneur and and even just anyone pursuing something as big as you are, you're going to have bad days. And when those self-doubts and whispers creep in, She's like, you just need to go sit at your computer and open that folder and just read. And she said, you can yell, cry, do whatever, but be reminded, this is why you're here. And then block out all the rest of the distractions you have and get back after it. Yeah. I, I love that. And you know what? We're, you know, you and I, we're, we're out there in service. And as much as that we're connected to our work and we love our work, and we believe in our work, but you know we're human too, and we and we have days, we have shitty days, and there's things like just just by doing that, like I I think it's a beautiful um, it's beautiful advice from your wife is, you know you empower yourself when you're feeling shitty to go look at some testimonials that will brighten up your day, or you're feeling shitty and you empower yourself to put on that favorite song for me it's from Journey, don't stop believing. Um, uh, yep. you know, you empower yourself to go outside and just go meditate on, on, I call it tripping out on nature. You know, I, I, I trip out on my dog. I do things, even when I'm feeling shitty, empower myself. And those are tools, um, and, and it's behaviors as well. But I, I love it that I want people to know that we're real too. Like we don't, even though we, we might sound like we have all the answers or, we have all the, the go-tos to, to, you know, the seven things to do this and the 10 things to do that. We do have those, but we're human. And, and we, we actually, we have to empower ourselves as well. And it seems like, you know, not only that you do that, but you have a good support system with your wife. And, and, and with that being said, um, you know, when you think about all the years you've been doing this and all the tools that you've acquired for yourself and, the, and all the tools that you teach, 
what what scares the shit out of you and and how do you manage that oh man um the things that scare me the most um you know i i used to say that i was gonna that i was gonna fail and it was the idea of the imposter syndrome i think that was an early that was an early fear um and similar to how you talked about the i get to phrase Mm -hmm. mine adding the word yet to the end of mine was a big game changer mentally for me of i haven't done that yet i haven't gotten to that point yet but i'm going to I think now from a fear standpoint, I just think it's that, honestly, I don't know. I don't think anything really scares the shit out of me. <laughs> like, and I don't say that in, a, in an overconfidently way, but like, I mean, we've dealt with some crazy stuff. We've dealt with crazy debt amounts. Uh, I've made bad decisions along the way, but I look at all of them of like, okay, that doesn't work. What can we do next time? Um, I just think it's not maximizing my potential. Mm-hmm. I think that is the biggest, I think the biggest fear for me, the biggest driver is that I'll get to the end and realize I didn't max it out. And so that drives me each and every day to be like, what else can I create? How else can we empower our audience? Who else can I pour into? Because I want to get to the end, and, and I think John Acuff said it best. He was like, I want to get to the grave and give it nothing but some dried up bones. <laughs> like, I want to have exhausted everything. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I, I share the same theme, um, and I think I might have said this on your, on your show, but you know, my, my, thing, my theme in life is just uh, is to play a big game, and, and you know, my energy is my offering, and I, I think there's... Now that I've kind of renewed my life, um, I don't know if I want to say I might. There's probably some fear there, but I don't want to leave this earth um, not playing the game that I wanted to play. And and considering that the game I'm playing now, I, I feel it's a big game. I feel like I'm stra- scratching the surface of it. I think there's so much more. Um, I think that's kind of where my fear is. Like I hope I. And, and again, I, I heard myself say that. I hope. I know I will. Like I will play this game and I will make it and maximize it to my full potential, but there's a little bit of that, you know, you know, can I, and, uh, and I can, and I know I will, but you know, I'm human. So I have some of those thoughts. <laughs> I know. I, and what you just said reminded me of like how you play the game and the ways to play the game. Like I love that because it means you're always looking for ways to continue to grow and evolve. It's like, hey, I, I may have started my football career running a, you know, we were running a wing tee. Me too. <laughs> and then we started running a spread spread run, and now we're running the West Coast. Like, how can we tweak this? How can we, like, watching the game of football over the last 40 years, like, how offenses and defenses have evolved. Like, we have that same mindset of, like, this master strategist, this master coach play-by-play of, like, okay, the goal is still to score points and to prevent the other team from scoring points. How can we continue to do that? What are ways that we're not taking advantage of? And so I love hearing you say that and how you're looking at it because it puts it back in that sports mindset we've always had and always carried. And then it's not overwhelming. Then it's like, okay, cool. Here's the field. Let's, it's still the same. How are we going to get creative on how we advance it down the field? Yeah, totally. I love that. I love that perspective. It's, it's huge. Now, a couple questions here before we uh, sign off here. 
I'm going to throw out about five different words and, and I, kind of a somewhat of a speed round, if you will. So I'm going to say a word and, and you either, whatever shows up for you that uh, the definition or uh, it's a little bit of a statement, but I'm just going to say five words and then whatever comes out, say it. Okay. Okay. Transformation. Growth. Vulnerability. Authenticity. Leadership. Influence. I love it. Competition. Uh, better. Joy. Assen actually, essential. I was going to say essential. Okay, good. Uh, joy. Joy is fulfillment. Beautiful. Mindset. Mindset. 100% controllable. <laughs> cool, man. I love that. Those words, I mean, obviously, there's a ton of other words, but for me, I love those five words, man. They, uh, they just encompass a lot. And I know that we, you and I touch on all those words throughout our trainings. Um, th so thanks for sharing your, your mindset on that. Now, one more question, and this is a deep one that I love asking yeah. everyone. Um, so when you, when you reflect on your whole career as an athlete, uh, as a, a leadership consultant, motivational speaker, author, everything, what do you think you've learned the most about yourself? What do I think, if I look back, what do I think I've learned the most about myself? That I still don't have all the answers that I thought I did at 21. And that I haven't come close to scratching the surface of what I have left to do. Mm. I think I had too narrow of a concept of just potential and ability at the age of 21, 22, like most of us in our ignorant youth. And I think the older I've gotten, the more I've seen, like there's still quite a bit of canvas left to paint. Totally. I love that. that that's great imagery right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, you think about, and the, and the reason I'll say the reason I use a canvas and a painter is, is an example I love to use, especially with teams is like when a, when a painter sits down to start painting something like on day one, they have an idea in their mind of what they're trying to create, but they're not upset or angry at the end of day one when it's not complete. They just, I got as much as I can that day and day two, they show up and paint some more. And if it takes you know, 12 months at the six month mark, they're not mad and frustrated and screaming that their artwork isn't done, that success isn't there. They just show up and ask, how can I make it better? How can I keep working this? And then eventually it gets to a point where it's done. And like any great art, it's in, one person is going to think it's beautiful and pay you millions for it. And the other may think, I don't understand anything about what that is. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because it's up to the creator. And the creator is like, I did the very best I could with what I had. And I was patient with the process. I think that's how we have to look at our craft and our work is, continuing to improve it and get better and don't be frustrated if it takes longer than you think it's going to be just keep showing up to make it better we're all artists and i think when we can tap into our creativity man there's so many cool things that can happen uh you know and vulnerability comes up in that process too but um i think i love that uh, again another uh, good perspective on that um now my listeners how can they connect with you uh follow you on social media, listen to your podcast, buy your book, and just get more connected with, with your brain as a whole. 
Thanks so much, Grant. Yeah, the easiest way to get in touch with me or find out about the book, podcast, all of that is just going to competeeveryday.com. Whatever social media platform you're on, we are there as well, I assure you. Uh, and very active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is kind of our big three. I still manage those accounts, so uh, you pop in and say anything, and I'll, I'll say hi back. Please let me know you heard about it here on this podcast. Would love to, to connect with you more. And, and anything Grant and I discuss that you're like, man, let's dive further down to that or I have a question, let me know. I'd love to continue the conversation. Awesome, man. Well, uh, Jake, man, this is, uh, this is cool, man. And I'm so glad that and blessed to, to be connected with you. Um, I, I feel that we're going we're gonna to build on this relationship and stay connected. But I think what you're doing um, you know, as a leadership consultant and just your brand, like what you stand for is, is, is awesome. It's, it's, uh, it's what I believe in. And so just knowing what you're doing out there and affecting lives and being in service is just, uh, it's inspiring. So again, thanks for being on my show. Thanks for having me.